You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, episode number nine. Today, I'm so excited to bring to you my very first interview of the podcast. It is the sweet Sarah from Hazel and Bean. Sarah and I actually have been friends for about 12 years now in real life, not just Instagram friends. And it was such a joy to chat with her about some real conversations. We dive into how Hazel and Bean got started, how it catapulted into an amazing career for her and her husband, Josh. We talk about the fears or the hangups that we sometimes have with starting, especially if it's in business. We talk about being a creative entrepreneur and what that looks like now and how the church is really supporting it. We also talk about modesty and how we should have fun with it. And honestly, it was just a blast chatting with Sarah. Hazel and Bean has evolved and rebranded over the last few years, and now it is home to very fun, amazing Disney-themed shoes and shirts and a bunch of other awesome accessories. I don't want to take up any more of your time, so let's just dive on into this interview that I had with Sarah from Hazel and Bean. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? It's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. All right, I am so excited to have on the podcast Sarah, who actually is my in real life friend, which is pretty cool, but she is also the owner and the creative mastermind, basically, behind Hazel M. Bean. And um, Sarah, why don't you just say hi? Hi. How is everyone? I'm sure they're pretty awesome. Um, Probably. I am so excited that you're here. I know we like collab a lot in the past. And so this is kind of cool to do something totally different. Yes. I'm really excited that you're doing a podcast now. I think that's amazing. Well, I talk a lot, so I don't think anybody's really surprised. But (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So before we get into all the questions that I have, why don't you just take a couple minutes and I know you have a huge, I shouldn't say huge, you have a long journey. I shouldn't say huge because you're pregnant. So let me not use that word. (laughs) But you've had a long journey um, with Hazel and Bean. So why don't you just briefly give us a summary of who you are and what you do? Well, um, I am lucky enough to work full time from home for myself doing Hazel and Bean. And actually, my husband is also home doing it full time with me, which is seriously such a miracle. I, that's all God. I mean, don't even know how this is still real mm-hmm. life. Um, but we started in 
I don't even know when we started, 2014. And it was basically, we were newlywed with new grown-up bills and we just needed some extra money for one of those bills. And I was really into wood burning at the time. And I was kind of like, well, let me see if I can just sell some of this on Instagram. Back when Instagram was amazing and you could do Insta sales and just send people invoices. And it went really well. And I did it again and it went really well. And we had enough to cover the bill. And I was like, well, this is so much fun. Let me do it again. And if the third one goes like it's successful, let's just keep doing this. And the third one went really well. And so we just prayed about it. And I really felt like this was something that I should pursue. And then we were just kind of praying for a direction. And God really put it on my heart that if I was going to pursue this, to use it as a way to also help others. So we decided to donate portions of the money we made um, to families that were adopting or families with special needs children because adoption fees are ridiculously expensive and also medical bills for special needs children are ridiculously expensive. So at first we just worked with individual families and would almost have like fundraiser sales where a portion would go to them. Um, and it was going really well. We were doing wood burned items and hand painted items and fun prints. And it was going really well. And then we decided to kind of by accident start shoes. I just couldn't find shoes I liked one day and decided to grab an old pair of my shoes and paint on them. And those took off and it was completely not on purpose at all. Um, but it kind of changed our lives because then shoes took over and really is what got us established as like a real shop something that we could pursue as like a full-time job. Um, and then instead of working with individual families anymore, because that was just harder to sustain trying to become a more legit business, we decided to work directly with um, Tubalu Children's Mansion um, to donate to them. And then they can use those funds however they, you know, see fit. And so that's kind of where we are now. We just let shoes kind of take over. Um, I do miss wood burning. And I always say I'm going to work it back into the shop somehow. but. Um, We'll see, because shoes are basically our main, our main product, and we love making them and designing them. Um, and then we also incorporated T-shirts and bags and pins and um, kind of whatever, basically whatever I want, and I'll make it for me and then throw it in the shop. Is basically just how the whole shop became anyways. So it's, <laughs> that's the model we go on. It's just if I want something, I'll make it for me, and then we'll see if it sells. <laughs> yes, I love that so much. And and actually, it's funny that you said that because when you first started kind of rebranding a little bit, um, and then especially on Instagram, when you started showing up more, you know, you started showing your face and showing your outfits and stuff. Um, I just was so surprised because I was like, yeah, that's Sarah. Like, <laughs> she's just being herself. And it was just a really, like, fun surprise to see it all kind of happen and you still staying true to who you are. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. Like, we did go through some, like, rebranding, but it was never this, like, thoughtful <laughs> decision. It was almost like, I think I decided, okay, if I'm doing this for real, I need to actually put some effort into it, especially when it came to our Instagram, because that's where our main source of customers are. Um, that's, like, the only advertising we really do. And I was like, I'm just going to be myself and not try to make this look like what I think everyone wants to see. And I'm like, before I was doing a lot of like white backgrounds and trying to make everything look really simplistic and clean because that is what kind of was really in but that's just not me at all like my whole house is so colorful everything I own is colorful I am not like a simplistic person at all give me all the accessories like 
I own so many novelty purses. It's ridiculous. And so I was just decided to kind of, if I was going to do this, I didn't want it all to be about the shop. And then we then have to have make a personal Instagram account. because I don't know how to split my life up like that. I was like, I'm going to have one Instagram account. That's me and the shop. What you see is what you get. Um, and then the rebranding kind of took care of itself and it all happened very naturally. Yeah, it really did. And I think for me, when I look at your feed and I see the, um, interactions between all the followers, I feel like they get it. And do you think that most of your followers, if not all your followers feel like they know you by now, like as a person and they kind of like take that facade away or or takes that um I guess the idea that we're just kind of like uh profile pictures without personalities <laughs> do you think yes. your your followers like feel like they can they can reach to you like you're reachable oh totally I feel like most of the dms I get on Instagram aren't even about my shop at all it's just a personal conversation um, which I love um I never wanted to just be like a faceless maker behind a shop and there there are people that run their shops like that and that's totally fine if that works for them but that's just not my personality and it just wouldn't have been sustainable for me um and so I'm really happy that my followers have responded in a positive way to the way that I do run my shop I think some people don't like you know maybe some I think a lot of shoppers probably do like just the shop and not really the person behind it because they're there to shop um which I totally get, but I really am pleasantly surprised with how many people have responded in a positive way to where this is, this is my personal feed, but it's also my shop and getting to know everyone on a more personal level is so fun. I mean, it's called social media for a reason. We should, you know, try to be social. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. When we were talking about the rebranding, what would you like tell somebody? What would be like an epic tip if they were to rebrand? Would you say to pretty much be authentic to who you are? What would you say? Yeah, I would say if you're going to rebrand, do it with a purpose. Don't just rebrand because you feel like you're not having a great moment. Like really think about it. If what you're doing right now is true to yourself um, and you enjoy the content you're putting out, then just work on that more. Don't change your look or your feel or your brand to look like someone else's that might be doing more successful if their style isn't yours, because eventually you're going to get so burnt out trying to be something that you're not, and you're not going to have fun with it. That's my biggest thing is like be yourself. And that way you don't get tired of what you're doing. And, and if you're going to rebrand, like do it with a purpose more than just to maybe get more followers or more attention, you need to do it for yourself and know that I need to rebrand because I'm in a new phase in my life or because I'm taking my shop in a different direction and because you have a vision for your shop. Um, I would say only rebrand if you really, really know in your mind's eye what you want your brand to look like. Um, Because if you don't, then you'll have to rebrand again and again and again. And your followers and customers will be so confused with what your brand is. So definitely take your time with rebranding and only do it if you feel like it's really true to who you are. I definitely agree. Um, For sure. I know when I was rebranding Hello Awesome, I wanted to definitely have something that I liked because it was part of me. And um, I totally understand what you're saying. When you were first starting out, let's say putting yourself out there, 
um, as a creative person, whether it was opening Hazel and Bean for the first time or even posting on Instagram for the first time, was there ever a time at any point that you remember being nervous or scared about putting yourself out there? Yes. Not when I first started using Instagram, because honestly, when I first started using Instagram, this is before I started Hazel and Bean, I didn't even understand what Instagram was. Like, I didn't even use hashtags. My pictures didn't even have filters on them. Like, I don't even know what I thought Instagram was at the beginning. So I was definitely mm-hmm. not nervous then. But um, I'm still nervous every time I put out a new product. So if it's a new picture with a new product, I am always nervous, um, even like still to today. I'm less nervous when I put personal pictures up where it has nothing to do with the shop. If it's just like me and Josh um, or me and a friend, um, I don't get nervous about those posts because I, I, I guess I just don't care the reactions I get. Like those are ones I'm posting just for me. Um, but when it comes to new products, anything to do with the shop, I'm always nervous about, um, you know, what people are going to think because this is our main source of income and like you want everything to go well and people have a positive reaction. And it's always scary when you put something out there that you created, because I mean, we're putting ourselves out there for people to see it. We're setting ourselves up for rejection essentially. Um, so you, you never know. And people on social media are hiding behind screens and they're not always the nicest, but I just try to trust the Lord. And if a product goes well, awesome. And if not, then I just have to rethink it. Um, and I try not to let myself get too, too wrapped up in in the anxiety of it all but I definitely still to this day get nervous putting anything new out there yeah I I know how that feeling is and it's it's so weird because you feel like you're sharing like well we're going to talk about this now but you are expecting congratulations um your first baby and thank you and uh it is like putting your child out there (laughs) and yeah you know see what everybody thinks of it (laughs) no definitely and it's like something especially like there are some times where I'll create a new shoe design or a new bag or new pin or patch or whatever it is and I'm like oh my gosh this is the best thing I've ever designed I'm so excited that's it we're gonna get to go on vacation because of all the money we're making on this and then I'll put it in the shop and like it bombs and I'm just like I like used to get super wrapped up in that and like it would ruin my whole week. And now I'm just like, okay, like I'm going to let it ruin me for like an hour. I'm just going to like sit and drink some coffee and just like be upset. And then I need to get over it and like figure out, okay, well what's plan B? Cause we still need to make money this week. Um, so I've learned that you just, people aren't going to react to things the way you react to them. Like I might think it's awesome and the masses completely disagree with me and then there's other times where I create something and I'm like it's okay but I guess I already made a sample pair I might as well just throw them up in the shop and see what happens and then they'll like sell out immediately and so it's it's really interesting how you just don't know how things are going to go and you basically you just have to put yourself out there it's worth the risk and all of the fails I've had or rejections I've had like it's just part of the process and it's worth it in the long run to put yourself out there and to be scared and be vulnerable if it's something that you actually love to do. Yeah, I I totally can relate to that in so many ways. I remember one time I had this like great idea and um, I put it in the shop and nobody cared. <laughs> and then like another time I literally popped out of bed early in the morning. It must've been like 4.30. Like it was a gross time of day. And I had... <laughs> Um, when I was hand painting the mugs and I came up with 
mom fuel or something like that. And that was like my biggest seller for like two years. And I was like, I didn't even spend time on it, but I spent time on this other thing and it didn't do anything. Right. I know. And you know what? Art is subjective like that. And it's just, I just think it's so funny. Like Josh will laugh at me because whenever I'm like, Josh, I just made the most amazing thing. He's like, every time you say that, none of it sells. He's like, stop making amazing things. <laughs> um, That's funny. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause every time I'm super stoked about a design, I'm like, I'm like, that's it, babe. This is it. This is the moneymaker. And then like literally no one cares about it at all. One person maybe buys it. And I'm just like, well, at least I have a, I have a pair for myself. But, um, yeah, so it's just really interesting selling to a market that you just don't like trends change all the time. And just because it fits our personal style doesn't mean it's going to fit like everyone's style. So yeah, it is. It's, it's risky putting something out there, but it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. I always say like, if you're in this to make money and that's the only reason you started your shop, then you're going to get burnt out real fast because there is a lot of like rejection and disappointment. But if you're in this because this is what you love to do and you get to be blessed enough to happen to make money doing it, then putting yourself out there is so, so worth it. I love that. Yes. I, oh my goodness. I say that a lot, not just to convince, convince myself, but I do agree with that because I feel like, especially when we have so much going on in our lives already, that mm-hmm. if we're taking time and we're investing in something, we need to actually like it. Exactly. So that brings me to my next point. I said this in the beginning, but we are real life friends. We met at church. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think it was, I think it's going to be 12 years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. How are we that old? <laughs> I know. I know. I was just talking to Josh. I'm like, Josh, Later this year, we've been together for 13 years. Oh, my god! I was like, that's insane. Like, when I met him, not when we started dating, but when I met him, he was 13. That's, like, super weird to think about that we were together for as long as he was alive when I first met him. That's hilarious. Oh, my word. And terrifying at the same time. Like, I don't feel like I'm any older than when we first started dating when I was 20. But I clearly am much older. (laughs) Well, It's funny you say that. I feel the same way too. And it's like, well, I've been married almost 10 years and I have two children. How can I still feel the same? (laughs) Right? I know. I want, that's like I was saying, I'm like, I wonder if I'll finally feel like a grown up once the baby comes, but like, probably not. (laughs) I love that. I love that. No, you guys are going to be super fun parents. Oh my word. So for those listening, Josh and my husband, Jonathan, have been best friends before Sarah and I even met. And so when I came into church and started dating Jonathan, Josh was with Sarah, and then we all kind of just hung out. And it's been so cool to like have a creative friend offline and then online too. So I think that's- Yes, definitely. I know that Personally, I know that you've been really faithful in your walk with God and through all the trials, you've been through a lot, girl. And I'm so proud of you. But for <laughs> oh, those, thank uh, you. No, seriously. Um, it's all God. It's easy. all God. Amen. Uh, so I wanted to say, I know, especially when you look at your feed and you share your outfit posts, um, you're very modest. And I wanted to ask, 
how important it is for you to show up modestly when you share posts on Instagram, not just for your brand, but maybe for just yourself as a person? Honestly, I've been dressing like this for so long now. I didn't grow up in church. I started going to church when I was 15. Um, and once I, it really clicked in my mind how important it was to dress modestly, it, it just made so much sense to me that I almost had to stop thinking about it because it just, what, there's no other option. Like, this is just how I should be dressing. Um, and so I think I am slightly mindful to make sure that in a photo, you know, make sure my shirt isn't accidentally slipped down or my skirt isn't like stuck up high behind my, above my knee or something. But, um, I, I don't know if I honestly give it too much thought anymore because it's just who I am. And, um, I know that I do get questions a lot on social media about how I dress. Um, but more in like positive ways where everyone wants to know where I get my skirts or dresses. So I think what's important to me is making dressing modest still look good because I think um, a lot of people, when they just think of someone dressing modestly, they think of something frumpy or old lady. And so I want to make sure I can re like represent dressing modestly in a fun way where it's not like a grandma, like dressed a 30 year old. It's just like me having fun, but still dressing um, in a modest way. So I think I definitely put thought into making sure my outfit is fun and making sure it's something that like everyone would wear, not just someone that was in church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And honestly, I love what you said because I felt the same way too. When I was saved, I was young too, not 15. That was really awesome that God showed up in your life that young. Um, I was 22 when I came into church and I started dressing modestly, I had gotten a lot of hand-me-down stuff and I am like 95 pounds. Like there's nothing right. to me. So um, it's just fast metabolism, whatever. And I just remember wearing other people's clothes because I didn't know what else to do at that point. And right. And you're so, so grateful for the hand-me-downs because you don't know what to do. Yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> definitely appreciative but I would look in the mirror and be like I look like a I'm wearing a bag and <laughs> sometimes you know you just gotta go with the flow uh, but I am starting to appreciate just the feminine styles that are coming out now and just enjoying being modest I feel like one of the things that I had to battle was that almost like shame I don't know if you ever felt that way, but like, oh, I have to dress this way. And it kind of, not like I feel ashamed dressing this way, but like I felt it from other people. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I agree. Like I remember I would get dressed sometimes and this sounds literally, this sounds so awful, but I would be like, I don't like this outfit because I look too Pentecostal today. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like I felt, I, I mean, that's terrible to say, but like, where there is just it just looks too old lady it doesn't look like anything we don't want to be like the world but the, we need to be like relatable and if we're dressing like old women when we're 20 like that's not the first thing people notice about you before you get to speak to them and talk to them about the lord is they see what you look like and if you look like an old lady or you're wearing clothes that aren't fitting you correctly um they're not going to be like, I want to be part of your club. And unfortunately, we're visual creatures. And the first mm -hmm. thing you see about someone is the way that they're presenting themselves. And so I always thought 
instead of looking like so, so completely different from the world, we should take our modest fashion and make it approachable and make it be something that everyone could wear. Because then people, even that might not know the Lord yet, I have so many followers ask me, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that skirt? I love this outfit. I want to wear it on my next trip. And so now they're going to wear a modest outfit. And it just kind of helps spread modest fashion because it actually is fashion at that point. Yeah, I definitely get that. And we have to get rid of this like stigma that we can't dress modestly and be happy at the same time. I totally agree. Right. And we should have fun with our clothes. Um, And I'm not a fashionista, you know me, but, uh, you know, we should be able to put something on and feel good that we're dressing modestly and that we're happy with what we're wearing and not feel like that's a sin to feel that way or that it's I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, God made us all visual creatures for a reason. Um, And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, taking pride or, or joy into the clothes you're putting on. Obviously that shouldn't be the main focus of like your life and you shouldn't get wrapped up into, you know, too much of that. But if we're going to go out and reach the world and talk to strangers and want to be approachable, then we need to look happy and approachable. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, I'm glad that you shared that because I think it's something that I'm seeing more often especially on Instagram, a lot more modest fashion accounts that are so cute. And yes, I love really, it. I love it so much. Right. And it's just, it's really making me happy. Cause like I said, I was never like a fashionista, but I always love fashion and it's encouraging to me because it's just showing that you can still have fun and be youthful while still dressing the way God wants you to dress. Exactly. So what would you say to someone who like wants to start a business or open their shop, but feeling like too overwhelmed with the first step? Did you ever feel that way? If you did share how you got over it and maybe share something that would help, especially a Christian entrepreneur. I think I know for me, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that was even like a thing. Like, does God even care about business? So I guess just share some advice for somebody who might be apprehensive about taking that first step. I think for me, because I started the shop out of necessity at first, just I didn't even wasn't thinking about opening a shop. I just needed some quick cash. Um, So I just did those Insta sales. But then once I really decided, hey, like I could turn this into something, the first thing I did was pray um, and just make sure it feels like the right thing to do. I mean, worst case scenario, you skip that step and then you realize it's not the worst. I mean, it wasn't the right thing to do and you can just close your shop down. But it's always, I think it's always important to stop and pray and just make sure it just feels like the right thing to do. Because if you want a successful shop, it's going to take a lot of dedication and you want to make sure that it's the right thing for you to be dedicating your time to. Um, I think I sold on Instagram for a while. I think when I first opened my Etsy shop, I was really nervous because it was out of my comfort zone. I was so used to just selling on Instagram. Um, but once I, I think it was just like, okay, that's it. Like I made this decision. I don't like, I don't waver on my decisions. Usually I know that's not like a lot of people. I don't like, I'm, (laughs) I probably should be more of an overthinker. I'm like an underthinker, um, (laughs) which is, which has its pros and cons. Um, I'm more like, you know what? No, like I'm in this, let's just rip the bandaid off. Let's do this. 
worst thing, worst case scenario, it fails. Um, so I think just being brave and being confident in your decision, um, I just think is just key. You just got to be brave. And the worst, and just remember the worst thing that could happen is that like, it's not successful. Like everyone can survive an Etsy shop not being successful. It's literally not the end of the world. Um, at, at the beginning, you haven't even invested that much money. And so it's, if it's something you really want to do um, and you've prayed about it and it feels right, I just say, just do it. Just rip the bandaid off, um, have confidence in yourself and just like follow your dreams. And I would say the number one thing to having a successful shop is like believing in your dreams enough to invest in them. Um, that took me a long time to learn. So like, don't be afraid to take some of that money you've made or to save money to invest back into your business. Um, I used to be really scared to do that. Um, and I decided to take the plunge and just invest in some new equipment that was expensive. And my shop from that point on took off to the point where now me and my husband are are both full-time with this. And also don't forget, I know it sounds like duh, but don't forget to pay tithes on the stuff you make with your business. I feel like that also is a game changer. Um, I think sometimes when you're first starting out, you're not making that much money. So it's easy to kind of just think of it as like extra pocket change. Um, And that's what we did at first. We weren't making that much at all. And so we didn't really like even think of it as real money. Um, and then once we were like, hey, wait, we need to be making sure we're being faithful th- with this money, um, it, that was also a game changer. Like just trust in God and he's definitely, he'll reward you. Yes, I definitely, definitely agree with that. I know for a fact there were times that I didn't have like that much, but I knew I still had to be faithful on my end. And then the following week, like I'd have a blessing like I'd have another order or a client or something would happen that would either replace that or more. And so it was super awesome to see. And I didn't do it because of that, but it was almost like God saying, I got you. I saw you. Oh, exactly. As soon as we started doing it faithfully, we saw like a literally like a such a change in the consistency of sales. And at first I didn't even like really put the two and two together. But it was, it really, it's paying tithes isn't about the money. It's literally about just trusting God and you being like, God, I trust you. And he's going to see that you trust him. He's going to be like, here, here is more than you could ever give me. And it might not just be financially. It's like the fact that my husband gets to be home with me, our schedules before this were completely opposite. He would be home when I was out of the house and then he would go to work and that's when I'd be home. And so for like the first couple of years of our marriage, we barely saw each other. He never had weekends off or nights off. Um, and so that was him alone just being getting to be home more is such a blessing, um, let alone the financial stuff. But just being able to be more faithful going to church now because he would have to work weekends sometimes or nights and things got difficult with with that. And now it's like God just took care of all of that. And it's just it's just about trusting him and and knowing that he put this gift inside you, so you need to trust that gift as well. Like if you have that creative gift and you feel like you could make a career out of it, you have to trust that God gave you that gift and and don't be afraid to pursue that because God wouldn't have given you that for nothing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that a hundred percent. And I definitely feel that and you know, you let me know if you feel this way too, is that when we first are starting sometimes we're really nervous because we've been 
not thinking about it so much, but we have this fire, this like passion, and we want to put it towards something. And it's really in his timing, don't you think? Yes, so much. Especially when you're creative, you're like, how can I use this to glorify God? Or how can I use this? It's different than like, oh, I'm going to go get a job outside of the house. And not that you shouldn't be glorifying God in any job you have, but when it's something like this, where you're going to be working for yourself and using these gifts that God gave you, you feel like you need to have it be more than just about the art or the product or the shop. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so I feel like the pressure of praying and trying to figure out how to balance the both of like, how am I glorify God with this, but also have a successful business. I feel like that's, that can take up a lot of headroom trying to figure that out. But just, I think you're, you're right with his timing and just praying and waiting on the Lord. Like if he knows your heart, he knows that you really want to glorify him. He's going to make a way. Amen. (laughs) Sarah's preaching on here now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, don't you think it's so exciting to see a lot of apostolic Pentecostal business owners more? I I'm like, where have you guys been all my life? I'm loving it. I, you know what? I, it's been a lot lately too. And it makes me so happy and so encouraged. I even read an article. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, my pregnant brain is, I don't even know where I read it. Some, some Pentecostal magazine. I have no idea which one. It was like maybe years ago. I don't even know. And it was talking about like artists and creatives in the church and how they are just as useful and like how I think before the church didn't know what to do with us um, and how yeah. to like place us in the ministry. And I think, you know, not that like the church is evolving, but there's old fashioned things that maybe for a time were good, but now you kind of have to, you know, not be stuck in the old ways so much. And I think that the church is starting to appreciate, we do have so many creative young people and we shouldn't like, you know, put out their fire because, it's not something we're used to using in ministry. And I think we're being more encouraged now and they can, and it's a whole new group of people that we can reach with our gifts. And so I think it's just more encouragement from inside the church and it's just spilling out to everywhere. And I think it's amazing because I think this is such an amazing way to reach more people. I think it's one way that social media can be used for good as well. Um, Because, I mean, I would never be able to reach the amount of people I do now if it wasn't for social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's amazing and awesome that the church is so much more encouraging of creatives getting out there and using their gifts to glorify God. Yes. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember reading something similar. It might have been the same article. Um, no, I remember reading something similar and being like, wow, I've never heard this before, but it's what I right. hear. And I think a lot of it is too, is we kind of we have this like box way of thinking of mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to serve the church, you got to be a preacher or worship leader or something like that. And right. those things are obviously fantastic, but what about the people who don't feel called to those things? What are they supposed to do with their writing, with their painting, with their creative juices and stuff that God put in them? And one of the things I feel, and maybe you can kind of input your perspective too, is we as a church kind of pushed away social media and all of this 
technology for so long because we weren't sure what to do with it. But now that it's here, I feel like God is raising up a new generation that's going to teach the younger ones how to use it properly. I totally agree. I think I always think of social media and like technology in the way that back in like Bible times, they were able to reach almost the whole world because the population was so much smaller. They were able to preach the gospel to so much, like so many people of the world's population. And now there's like so many people on this earth and how are we going to reach all of them? And I think social media is a tool that like can connect us to so many people that otherwise we would not be able to connect with. Um, and so I think it can be such a powerful tool if you know how to use it correctly. And I think that, I think the church was right to be cautious at first because you just, you don't know. And I think there are really terrible things about social media um, and technology that we should stay away from. Um, but use, use correctly um, and appropriately, I think this is such a powerful tool to reach the world. I really do agree. And I, I believe that with my whole heart, especially as I'm getting more into the calling that God has had on my life and writing and just seeing what he's doing through it and realizing that, yeah, of course, there's going to be a negative side, just like everything. There's a blessing side and a cursing side. And we have to really be careful with our hearts when we use social media. But like you were saying, if you are praying and you are seeking God and you are trusting in his timing, then he will help you as you are diving into this and as you're sharing what he wants you to share with the world. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I just think if you feel yourself becoming addicted to social media or getting um, bummed out looking at social media because everyone's just posting their pretty little pictures. Obviously, no one's posting bad pictures on social media. Like, that's not what it's here for. But it can totally get you bummed out looking at everyone else's, like, so-called perfect life. Um, and it's easy to get addicted to looking at your screen. I just say, like, it's totally fine, even if you're running a shop, to take a break from posting or from going on social media to, like, restart your brain and to pray and refocus um and that's nothing is wrong with that like that is one of the things with social media that we just have to be aware of um and I used to be scared to take a break from posting on Instagram I thought that if I don't post every day the world is going to crumble I'm going to lose all my followers and all my customers and this whole thing will be for nothing um and then I got pregnant I think I followed that for a long time because I just, I mean, I, it's not like I've been pregnant for years. I've been pregnant for a few months. Um, I got pregnant and I was just like so sick and like tired. And the last thing I wanted to do, like looking at my phone and scrolling was making me nauseous. And like, it also all seemed so boring to me all of a sudden because I was just so tired and sick that I was like, I don't even care. And there yeah. was, since I've gotten pregnant, I have posted a small fraction of what I used to post. And you know what? The world didn't end. And it was a really great break. And it helped me refocus on so many things. And my followers totally understood. And the ones that left, like, that's fine. Goodbye. Like, so don't be afraid that if you need to take a break, like, take a break. We can't let social media, like, rule our lives because then that's when it becomes an issue. And we need to use this as a tool, but we, we don't need to, like, this shouldn't be the center of, like, our lives. 
Right. And that's so, so important. I'm so happy that you mentioned that because that's something that we all should revisit, especially, you know, when we are using social media as a tool for our business and it can easily kind of get out of hand. So thank you so much for sharing that. We got to wrap this up and I'm just so happy that you came on and that you shared your story and we chatted about some real stuff. That's exactly what I wanted this podcast to be. So I'm super excited that you have been my first official guest. Yay. And so um, why don't you just take a couple minutes and just tell the listeners where they can find you on Instagram, your shop, whatever the links you want them to go to. Um, I will be sharing those in the show notes, but why don't you just tell them where they can find you? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on as your first guest. I'm so excited. You started this podcast and you're just like following your dreams. It's been so fun to watch you and your shop evolve over the years and your books are doing so great. And I just like love watching you flourish. Like I feel like you are right where you need to be. And it's been, it's just so, it's such a blessing to like watch you grow. So I just want to say that and just say thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, but well, thank if you. you guys want, <laughs> if you Don't guys want, <laughs> um, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Hazel underscore and underscore bean. Um, and then there's a link in my, in my bio, um, to my shop. But if you just want to search me on Etsy, it's shop Hazel and Bean. Um, and yeah, I don't have like another website set up right now. We took it down. So that's the two things. And then you can find ways to contact me through both of those. So, um, I look forward to getting to know some of you. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. All right, Sarah, um, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope you all love this interview. And I will talk to you later. Okay, bye. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. For more information about all things Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeshop.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.